Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. <laughs> Before 
before Blockbuster came along and tried to make it into the McDonald's of video rental stores. So they came in and basically bought out all the little mom-and-pop operations, and those that hung around cared more about the money they would get off of uh, overdue fees than actually putting in movies that people would want to rent. The studio in the early mid-80s was still far behind, so the studios can make so the little guys can make a poop load of money. And a few, but this trailer compilation was filled with the major studio releases. So I'm selling out to the mainstream this tonight. Normally I said I'd never do it, but then they came along with that green, dirty green stuff, and I'm like, okay, I'll sell out. But it also was, uh, okay, and we're almost ready, I think. Ah, doo-doo-doo-doo, you stupid computer. Come on, come on. I'm wasting their time, and they don't like it. They might protest me. That'd be cool. If you want to protest me or stand disgusting, say it. Shit, gives me more eyes. Donk. The donk of doom. Go to computer. Da, da, da. Trying to get this done. Sorry, people. It's live radio, so you can either cut your throat and bleed and be happy about it, or oh, na 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 na. We go. I think so. Hope so. I don't want no more of this chicken fried steak bullshit. Come on, come on, come on. Warning.
Gordon Kay and in this brown tasty you have this or just got this we're gonna start the DVD and I'm gonna click I'm at the main screen so click play all 50 trailers yes I'm talking about 50 trailers in five four three two one disco Okay, these are not going to be the clearest. And here is the trailer for Porky. Ah, uh, yeah. One of the dirtiest and raunchiest of the uh, uh, teen sex comedy. This is like a raunchy American graffiti with that. The first and the second one are good. The third one kind of sucks, but still, the prank they pull at the first of it is hilarious with naked... Porkies. This was directed by Bob Clark. In and with King Cattrall as the slutty teacher who gets turned down by sweaty gym socks and Tom Hulls. Yeah. <laughs> and it lets you know that there's going to be hardcore nudity and stuff in there. I don't know if it's aged that well. Those that like these films would say it has, but. That's just me. And the next one is, oh, this is one of the last independent films that Chuck Norris ever did. Uh, Eye for an Eye, I think. Yeah, an Eye for an Eye. What's special about this is the main bad guy is played by Christopher Lee. And the big sub guy is played by Professor Toru Tanaka. And right here we have the one, the only, John Shaft himself, Richard freaking Roundtree. And Mako! So you got uh, all of the good. A lot of the great... He is the weapon. <laughs> he is the damn weapon. The best story about this is that uh, Chuck Norris was bragging on the set how he's just going to go up and kick Toro Tanaka in the chest and just knock him the freak out. But Tanaka heard about this, so basically Chuck Norris hit him square in the chest with a hard kick and he just bounced off of it. Yeah, right there it was. He just kicked him in the chest and just boing, bounced off. Don't tell a pro wrestler that you're going to kick their ass easy. 
Because they'd be like, oh, excuse me? Okay, and now, moving on. What is this one? Oh, God. Oh, this one's an odd one. I don't know whether to be a Conan the Barbarian ripoff, a Star Wars ripoff. But it is fun, but I heard there's a longer cut of this out there that makes sense, and that is Crawl. You know you're in trouble when you watch a movie and there's not a god dang person in the movie named Crawl. Like I said, this is like a bizarre mix. And plus, it has Robbie Coltrane. It has what's his name from Pete Postlewaite. Liam freaking Neeson. So his badass content is already done. John Gilgood? This movie was a popular one on D- on DVD and VHS. Not much in theaters because it's, it's a watchable mess, but still a confusing mess. With a cool, with a cool boomerang with like knives at the end of it, just whoop, boom, crawl, and that's not even crawl. That's a glaive. One by the movie saying. And now moving on. Ooh, an R-rated movie. Maybe I'll get to sneak and watch it when my parents go to sleep. Oh, this is the movie that made me, as a teenager, love Meryl Streep and learn to love Cher, because Cher just totally kicked ass in this movie. This is Silkwood. It's based on the Karen Silkwood uh, murder, where because she was getting secrets of a nuclear plant that showing that everything that they were uh, illegally dumping pollution and all that, and that they are all getting exposed to radiation. So basically, when she was going to take the information to a reporter, they killed her run her off the road and cause her to have a car crash. And yes, that man in there who plays a boyfriend is Kurt Russell. And this has Fred Ward in it. Uh, what's his Craig T. Nelson. This is a real prestige thing, but it's still a dark, mean little movie, and I love it. based on one of the biggest conspiracy stories of the 70s. And the scenes where they're torturing her by scrubbing out radiation, there's some rough to watch. The last third of this movie is rough. This is a true story, a nasty story, and it's aged pretty good. And if you want to know the back end, look up Karen Silkwood. Coming soon to a selected theater near you. And now, 
Oh, God, PG, don't let it be. I was hoping this was later in the set. Oh, God, no. Oh, what what may be the most horrible movie that Jerry Lewis ever did, which is him doing this 60s skit crap in the early 80s, hardly working. It was just a bunch of... Uh, Jobs where he gets just goofing and tearing stuff up because the jerk was a hit. So Jerry Lee Lewis thought that he could do a comeback, doing the same character as the jerk because that was his bit money in the '60s. It's not a good movie. And now we're moving on. That's what I like about trailer cons. You just boom, 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 boom. Move it on, move it on. Starlight. And here is the second trailer for Star Wars Return of the Jedi. God, was this a big event in 81 when it came out. It's like, holy crap, they're back, John. Really, a lot of people who watch Power 5 and 6 nowadays are like, what's the big deal? And that's when I said, this is one of those things I like to call, you should have been there, man. Because if he was in the middle of it, man, when the fire was at its hottest, just damn. I love this. They're supposed to have everyone looking scared at Freaking Vader. I love the way they cut this trailer. And even though, personally, I think Return of the Jedi had two movies worth of material, and they should have done it for four movies. They could have done it easily. And this one, because it tries to squish in two movies worth of material in the one movie... It don't work as good as it should. But then we might have got David Cronenberg or David Lynch to direct it. Cool. Another R-rated movie. I hope my mommy doesn't find it. I'm watching R-rated trailers or movies. Oh, God. In the early 80s, no one is sued sex more than... Bo Derek, and this is the her version with Miles O'Keefe of Tarzan the Ape Man, and there's only one real noteworthy thing about this movie, is that in one scene, a monkey goes down and sucks on her boobie, and she really doesn't care, because I remember I had to see something else, because my dad knew this was going to be dirty, dirty, so I had to put up with, uh, well, actually, I was smart enough not to want to see it in the first place. So I missed the whole Bro Derek thing because, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was watching Sheena with Tanya Roberts at the time, and it probably had more pussy shots than a fucking Bo Derek movie. But that's Tanya Roberts' thing. She loved to show off her hoo-hoo. And Miles O'Keefe made his money when he went and did the Ator films. Ator, the Flying Eagle, or Cave Dwellers, Cave Dwellers, Cave Dwellers, which is eight tapes. 
I'm gonna
take sweets. <laughs> and it's another one of those of, oh, I know, I'm going to die. I'm happy. Bullshit. And moving on, which one is this? Let's see what hell is. Oh, one of the worst trailers to pretty much my favorite movie of 1982, John Carpenter's The Thing. This could have been so much better trailer. But I do love that. We found something. We found something. What? The thing. This is another one where they give away too much plot. You get to see everyone who's in the movie, the escalating paranoia, but... You would never know that this is a monster movie from watching this trailer. But then again, in 1982, all we wanted to watch was E.T., the Exit of Terdestial. Thank you to my dad, Renny Ronquillo, for introducing me to this movie. For dragging my ass to this movie, I'd be like, it's a horror film, I ain't gonna go. My dad is like, you wanna like this shit. And by God, I did. But it could have been a better trailer. Man is the warmest place to hide. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. And moving and moving right along. This is a bizarre, this is right before John Belushi died and they were trying to uh, mellow him out. So they based him on a Chicago newspaper guy named Royko. And it's about how he has to go up in the mountains and meets the girl. It's one of those city boy goes to the country type movies. It's not that bad, but not that good. I mean, it's... I mean, he's great in it, but... It's just there's something about it that don't work. I don't know what it is. This was another project that was worked on for years before before, uh, Belushi decided to do it.
was another one of those romance movies where they meet ugly and they start hating each other. They hate each other so much that you know they're going to fall in love. This is a trailer that's too long and it tells you the entire fucking movie's plot, including any cool thing surprises like the bear and the big old giant mountain man and this. And this shows that they go back to the city and this is the fucking Ending to the movie! Got Nana Luai this Sunday on your ABC Movie of the Week. And this is directed by Michael Apted, too. Someone who makes good movies. <laughs> oh, Lord. And here we go with Rich Springfield and Hard to Hold. And Rich Springfield was a good actor. I mean, his work in the soap opera was good before this. But then he got put in a formula rock and roll romance movie with the snooty, uptight, classical singer, classical music and stuff. Who thinks that uh, rock and roll is trash? So she learns to appreciate him and rock and roll music. Because rock is the music of love. And there's the generic hard day's night scene of the groupies chasing her and the Moon Girl, and we got the Geezy Geezy having fun to our 50 girls chase her, makes her horny, and that's one of my big best lines from her. I love that fat girl, whoever she is. Grab his towel! Grab his fucking towel! I want to see it! <laughs> this movie is more fun than you would think it would be. It's like Rick Springfield knew that he was in a piece of shit movie, so he treats it with the respect it deserves. With some great music, too. Somebody. And yes, he is considered part of Aussie. He was, he's an Aussie from Australia, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh shit, she pulled out a switchblade comb on her ass. It's got the scene where the guy get where the stuffy person gets caught boogieing down. The best use of that scene is probably in love actually where uh, Secretary catches Hugh Grant boogieing down. But this isn't as bad as you think it would be. 
just like his music. And moving on down, and moving on down the line. Rated R. And one of the greatest action films ever. With one of the greatest action themes ever. Conan the Barbarian. John Milius's very, very, very macho original. But hell, the girl, Valeria, is just as macho as Conan is. And James Earl Jones is a villain. This is just an amazing... How the hell did they get Conan so right the first time and then screw it up so bad the other two times? We'll see. Uh, Conan the Destroyer, Red Sonja, Cole the Conqueror, and the Conan Remake. Okay, four times. They screwed up this good start four times with Mako in one of the best intro lines to a movie ever. Let me take you back to the times of high adventure. And that's why you don't mess with Matt. That's why you don't diddle some girl you meet in a tent halfway out of nowhere because she might be a skunk ape. And this movie rips off the ending to Apocalypse Now. But this score, oh my God. The second song, The Riddle of Steel. Just, if you're doing boring housework, put that on. Put the soundtrack on. I love that. Maxim said, oh, you stole from it. What arrogance. What outrageousness. What brazenness. I salute you. One of the best of the 80s, Conan, the Barbarian. Which I didn't get to see second. The first one I saw VHS was Conan the Destroyer, and it sucked. Educating Rita. This was one of those films like, why didn't they make this in the 60s? It would have fit better. A lot of the movies about drunken uh, teachers getting taught lessons by their students. This, this one I consider the best because of uh, the lead girl who plays Julia and Michael Caine just play so, so good off each other. <laughs> oh, human bondage. Yeah, my husband's got a lot of books like that. And this is another trailer where it gives away the whole freaking ending to the movie. 
I don't think they would allow me in at six years old. <laughs> oh, this is a sweet, nice little movie that deserved all the Oscar nods it got. Good movie. Y'all try it out. And yes, I like other things. Oh, God. This is one I wish Carl was here for just to hear him kvetch and moan like he's in physical freaking pain. Holy Moses. What the? Oh, and Dudley Morgan. What the hell is this stupidity? Making fun of the book of Moses. I mean, really? You shouldn't have hit him there. But the best performance in this whole movie is coming up soon. Now, Madeline Kahn. Yes, they got Lenny from nothing. Lenny and Squiggy from freaking there. And Richard Pryor in a cameo where he just steals the whole film. <laughs> and John Renders the Devil, which is freaking amazing. <laughs> it's about Dudley Moore finding the book of Herschel, an untold book of the Bible. And that one little two minute bit in Mel Brooks's uh, History of the World Part One is funnier than this whole freaking movie. Holy Moses, oh God. What a piece of jet. Moving on, hopefully we'll get something better next than holy frickin' Moses. Oh God. One of the most best minimalist trailers there ever was. It's for The Shining. It just shows the credits and the whole... I think it's a little bit longer than the shot in the movie of the blood pouring out of the elevators. Very creepy. Very effective. Sorry, I yawned. Very creepy, very effective, and just the shot itself is just amazing. 
When it comes to technical parts, Kubrick was one of, if not the best, out there. But when it comes to humans, he couldn't do shit. But I do love this, the blood comes pouring out. And I'm thinking how hard it probably was to clean that motherfucker up. I love it. Blood covers the camera. And you can see first you're still floating by. If you wasn't shitting your pants by then, nothing will make you. I don't like the movie, but I love that trailer. Does that make me a hypocrite? Mm, we'll see. Honeysuckle Rose, one of the few films that Willie Nelson did. The best, of course, is Barbarossa, a little western he did with Gary Busey. If you haven't seen that one, you need to track it down. It's great. And the Electric Cowboy is not that bad. Neither is Songwriter. But this one is not that good. Honeysuckle Rose. Honey, Rose. Uh, the best thing about Honeysuckle Rose is it gave us on the road again. Like a band of jeepies, we go And here is La Caja Fall 2, which is sillier than the first one, and it has spies. But that's always been a problem making a sequel to a comedy, is that they keep getting sillier and sillier as they go along. The characters are still good, but <laughs> like I said, this one is a spy caper, even if you can't tell it from this. Hey, we got a late slide. 
Mooney Movie, one of the biggest financial disasters and the only major American movie to be funded by a religious cult, the Reverend Sun Young Moon, or Moonies. And if you know your bad films, you know that I'm watching the trailer for Enchan. With her... Lawrence Olivier during a very shitty Eisenhower. Uh, impersonation. And with that, you get your standard white woman trapped behind enemy lines has to get to her husband. And Ben Gazzara is just being badass Ben Gazzara. So, hey, but this movie is bad. They spent over, like, I think about $10 million, which will be probably about $100 million today. I don't know my math. But I do know they wasted a shitload of money. Oh, God. Ta-da. Oh my God! That has to be one of the most horrible accents I have ever heard in my freaking life. Terrence Young, why? Richard Roundtree, why? This was bad. And moving on. Oh my God, one of the most, another famous disaster of the 80s. Mad Magazine presents Up the Academy. A.K.A. just Up the Academy on VHS because William F. Gaines. One, after the, he seen the film before it came out, which was an unreleased teen comedy directed by Robert Downey, that Mad Magazine just took over. <coughs> uh, this is one of the few movies I heard were the director and star were contractually forced to put their names on this movie. That's how bad it is. Like, Barbara Bach is in this. If you look in the MIMDB, there's no one that stars this movie, period. It's not as bad as most teen comedies, but by God, with the pedigree it has, shit. 
Like, here's an example of when you go. You like it when a gentleman ties you up? You know, with rope? Do it again. This is. If you're out there listening, Carl, defend this movie. Defend it. This is one of Ralph Macchio's first roles, too. And, of course, he's probably embarrassed by it. Hell, it took a while for us to even get the full print with all the Mad Magazine stuff. They cut it, they had up a statue, and the end of the movie, there's, like, a guy dressed up like Aunt Newman. Man, this was one of the biggest disappointments. We was expecting Mad Magazine, the movie, not this crap. But it's got a great soundtrack. Blondie, Cheap Trick, Ian Hunter. Now, coming from Paramount. Ooh. One of the weirdest movies. Richard Pryor has ever made some kind of hero. If you watch the trailer, which I hope you are, there is no, almost no comedy in the movie. It's a damn depressing film about a guy, Richard Pryor's character, who gets taken prisoner in Vietnam because he was taking a shit and his post, and his post got overrun. This movie is like Rolling Thunder without the murder. <laughs> he comes home and Mama's dead. His wife fall in love with someone else. Tried to sell this as a ball out, 
laughs out loud comedy, and it isn't. It's a dark, depressing film. But moving on to our next film, Ooh, Geffen. Personal Best. Oh, my God. This is one of the movies that got screwed because America pulled out of the 84 Olympic Games for the Russians. And it's about a girl who falls in love with another girl, but she runs back to the safety of her heterosexuality once things get too serious. Like most, like most women in college. It's another film like Making Love where it shows gays, but it's like gays should be ashamed of themselves. And, of course, Scott Glenn comes in and says, I'm in an entirely different movie than you. I'm in the good movie. And I want to watch his movie. That is just, he's watching a girl. What a fool, believe. Yes, I'm singing Doobie Brothers. But yeah, it's like a, a, a lesbian romance where at the last second the, the, the straighter of the two girls go, Oh, I had my fun. Now let me go back to men. This golden girl and a couple of more were totally screwed in the butt by the sheer fact that we didn't go to the Olympics, so no one gave a shit about the Olympics. Cause USA, USA. Aiden Quinn as. The dark as the rebel. What do you want out of life? More. He's a rebel, man. He travels to the beat of his own drummer. <laughs> yes, they're pulling out all of the 50s uh, rebellious greaser guy shit in the 80s. Except the music's changed. And Daryl Hannah is the pampered little Jewish princess who has her own credit card and everything. But we all know that the pampered little princesses always end up screwing the bad boys. But this does have a good freaking soundtrack. In excess before they hit over here, Kim Wilde, Kids in America. You're making me crazy. More. I love that. James, right my Cliff Columbus, directed by James Foley. Good God. James Foley, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> 
And what happens when a success when a actress is successful playing a non-lesbian version of Janis Joplin? Let's drag her whole gay bathhouse skits and put it into a live movie that will bore the shit out of you unless you a are a fan of the gay, gay bathhouses or b like old jokes and songs from the nineteen. 19- 30s and 40s. And for you, we have Bat Midler in Divine Madness. There it is, the rose, the only reason she got famous in the first place. I like the song, too, but I hate Bette Midler as an actress. So tacky. She is tacky personified. So tacky and over the top. Even while singing the rose, she has to make her face look overdone and tacky. So screw Bette Midler and screw the rest of this trailer. I'm taking a drink of tea. God, this is like the Baton Death Baton March of Death of movie trailers. I think I oh God, what? why didn't someone shoot her before beaches come out? God, so many bad memories in one actress's name. So many bad memories. In all honesty, this was during the last gasp of uh, live movie movies, concert movies. So about this time, the only one was like Divine Madness and the two from Richard Pryor. Three. 
what most people don't realize is that this is really Cannonball Run 3. Number one was Cannonball, directed by Paul Bartell, starring the one and only David Carradine. And the next one is The Gumball Rally, starring Paul Lamatt. And then there were two with Burt Reynolds, Cannonball Run, Cannonball 2. And then there was Speed Zone, which is the unofficial official Cannonball Run movie. If your head isn't broke yet, just deal with it. Yes, this movie was how they tried to really the first introduction of Jackie Chan. to the United States. Didn't work. They kept feet trying to get movies to fit Jackie Chan, but they wouldn't let Jackie Chan be Jackie Chan. But finally in the late mid-90s when they let Jackie Chan be Jackie Chan by releasing Rumble in the Bronx, then he got a hit. But yeah, this, this, is a twisted metal classic right here. But look who directed it, and you'll understand why. Oh, what a radio. 
radio just got shot in half. That's one of the nastiest scene, death scenes in this whole movie. You get to see little Trish Ball's eye just ooze down the face. It's just nasty. It's a good revenge film, but I'm not going to lie. It's sleazier than a mother father. Okay, and moving on down the line. Here is one of the worst movies to come out of the early 80s. Andy Kaufman and Heartbeats. And Carl loves his puns, and even he hates this piece of shit. Hell, even this movie does a piece of shit. Even the cigar looks like a piece of shit.
And again, another movie trailer where they're showing the entire f***ing movie. Great movie. Yes, I said it. It's a great freaking movie and a fun musical. Because there's nothing dirty going on. Yeehaw! Yeah. How much of my cred did you lose with that one, buddy? Eh, who cares? What's this? Oh, the right stuff. A movie that went it was in theaters and it was an hour shorter than the than the, what's considered a normal cut nowadays. It flopped because it just like burn, burn, burn through incidents and was just uh, confusing. But the longer cut is really one of the best love notes to NASA there ever is, because this is the right stuff. And it's brutally honest, too, because it gets in the in-depth about how they didn't want the pilots. This is a great movie that just flopped at the box office. Yeah, this is a kind of a good, it's a great movie, but man, the truth is rough. With Fred Ward as a standout. And that's one of the sad things. After the first one, 
No one gives a shit. This is one, uh, sorry, acting is so, so good. This is a good one, especially if you can get a hold of, well, the DVD cut is the three-hour cut, and it makes a lot more freaking sense. And it is a great movie that flopped at the box office because the 80s were really a bad time to do a Post-ET, it was a bad time to do serious sci-fi, period. Now, this is Luigi Cozzi's Hercules. I love this movie. You get to see Lou Ferrigno throw a bear into outer space, and it turns into a freaking constellation. You get to see him fight a giant robot, and he did. I mean, you get to see Civil Danny in a tight bra and Luke Farina with his arm on fire. And it's just goofy, silly fun. And I love the hell out of it. Both of them. But, I love it, lightsaber sound, yeah, Arnie got Conan and Terminator, Lou Ferrino got the Hercules film, and Sinbad, Prince of the Seas. No. The Incredible Lou Ferrino. Just fun trash. Watch it if you can. Oh, God. Oh, Amityville 2. The Possession. This is a sleazy, vile, oozing exploitation film. Oh, and God, is it good. And you get to see uh, uh, Burt Young in a role so sleazy that you can smell the sweat coming out of his pores, the beer sweat. This is based on the original the DeFeo murders of the people that were living in the house before them. It's... Okay, yeah, it's a great movie. If you like your sleaze. So sleazy. He diddles his own sister. That's how sleazy it is. And I'm glad it was, like I said, I'm glad it wasn't smell-o-rama because I can already smell... Burt Young's beer sweat through the TV just right now as is. Oh, 
And bladder mania, that was the big thing right there in the 80s was bladders. What's happening to me? And we all gotta make up the bladder. You gotta empty your bladder. Watch it. It's sleazy. It's beautiful. It's worth watching. It's the only Amityville film that really is worth watching. I'm being attacked. Jensen Farley Pictures Incorporated presents... One of my favorite kids' classics that's not a kid's movie, really. And that would be Richard Bagel's The Last Unicorn. Such a great movie. With Jeff Goldblum. Unicorn. Mia Farrow, this is a great, dark, weird little movie. I love it. And I'm glad that I was old enough to appreciate it when I first seen it. Oh, it's Alan... Unicorn, I'm alive. This, this wasn't a hit. Because like I said, this is already too dark for the 80s because we wanted happy little kids films. This ranks up with The Secret of Nim when it comes to movies that and Watership Down. Out of cult movies and animation for adults without adult ratings.
Oh, God, the awakening. This is one of the worst mummy movies ever made. Yes. It's funny how many times Bram Stoker's The Curse of the Seven Jewels has been remade. Most famous being Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. This one, uh, Stephanie Beecham plays Kara and the human that she takes over. She was good in Remington Steel, but no one is good in this movie. It's Poopy Kaka. This is just bad. There's not much I can say about this film besides it's shit. And they spent too much money on this. This, Coming from Paramount. Ah, Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Hey, God, was this movie. Robert Stigwood production. Staying alive. The movie is not that bad. It just missed its, you know. Saturday Night Fever is a movie of its moment. This one missed its moment. I don't think it ever was because the song sucked. Uh... The 80s disco was gone. I just respect the dancing. Yeah, you want some of that booty booty. I mean, there's none of the darkness and grittiness of the set first film.
This movie is so 80s it hurts. It is so much of its time period. And really saying that Flav Fever is a timeless film. So I like that director. He's a real ball-busting son of a bitch. sequel, you know, I think that's a long time in between sequels, and Sylvester Stallone, you screwed it up. You can tell by the way I get sick as a dog. Let's see. Oh, God, no, another Dudley Moore romantic lead movie. The only good thing about this movie is that Dudley Moore's character talks to Freud, and Freud is played by Alec Guinness. Otherwise, this movie is a piece of shit, 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 shit. John Houston. <laughs> oh, I mean, this lovesick. Wallace Shawn. It's hard. This is bad. This movie is just bad. Everything about it is bad. Oh, one of the the two really great Ronnie Dangerfield movies. I know people like Caddyshack, but give me this sleazy piece of work and... uh, Back to school before this. Joe Pitt Pesci, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Victoria, Blake Edwards. Very good movie. Yes, I liked it, Bill Withers. I'm exposing myself as a real movie fan and not a sleeve guy. <laughs> the new motion picture, the downs, the da da da. Well, the movie says it's controversial. It pretty much is none. Ah, used cars. One of the great mean black comedies of the eighties. Why didn't it why is it a cult classic and not just a classic, god dang it? <laughs> Lemon, trust us. Good Lord God. 
Yeah, this is one of the first movies to be released in Dolby Stereo, too. Yeah, just think, oh, man, I'm going to see the big new movie. It's in Dolby. Oh, God. Papa, can you hear me? No. Yento. Or as Mandy Patinkin has said about this movie, I never had to try to get laid after this movie come out. This has it all. Cross-dressing, lesbian love. Uh, Mandy Patinkin and I'm talking about how big a schmeckle he has. Sean Connery. The big relationship in the movie is Sean Connery and the autopsy and the coroner. They're fucking awesome together. Film. 
it's light as a freaking feather, but I wouldn't call it a great movie, but I call it a good time waster. With a lot of heads exploding. Drugs. Peter Hyams. Oh, do you know? The verdict. One of Cindy Lumet's best. Again, another great, dark, cynical. Newman's best later roles and of course Sidney Lumet is on during this time. Seventies on, he's just great. You got the verdict, Q and A Dog Day Afternoon, Prince of the City. Based on a good book, too. If you haven't, if you're a Lumet fan or you like court cases, like some Law and Order stuff, watch the verdict. It's good. Selected theater near you. In Madison Square Garden, Rowdy Park, on September 19th, 23rd, 1979, a phenomenal one time gathering of rock superstars. This is a movie that I will be shocked if it ever hits Blu ray or DVD just because of. The freaking uh, music rights, and that is the No Nukes concert. It was an anti-nuclear war, nuclear power concert, and you had things like Jackson Brown uh, and a lot of big rock stars at the time. Bruce Springsteen, the staple singers, Carly Simon. James Taylor. How the hell did he get laid so much in the 70s and 80s? But the, uh, Crosby, 
Crosby, Stills, and Young. Crosby, Nash, and Young. No, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Bonnie Raitt. The Doobie Brothers. I love it. Everyone else is like old 70s stoners and Michael McDonald's just like an 80s hipster. Jackson Brown running on empty. Bruce steals this show. Because nuclear power is bad. It's bad. So take all of your nuclear poison. Gil Scott Heron. Oh. Taylor. And because of the music rights to all this, it will never, ever, ever probably hit Blu-ray or DVD. If I'm wrong... Well, then tell me, and I'll admit it. I'll talk dirty about you behind your back, but I'll admit it. And here is really one of uh, Brian De Palma's biggest hits in the early 80s, and that's Dress to Kill. His wannabe giallo. There's a STD guy. This is another one we think we're watching 20 minutes of another zipless fuck fantasy. And then it gets dark as hell. It's boinked. Because when we hear the killer, the voice does not sound anything like the thing that the voice is on that voice recording in this trailer. But this is a pretty good wannabe Jalo. I can hear Troy in the background bitching me out. This is not a Jalo. Okay, Troy, don't kill me. Dickinson. Alan, the rest to kill. 
not that bad. It's still popular. I think Shout has it on Blu-ray. It's good. What's this? Swamp Thing. It makes me wonder, out of all of the superheroes DC Comics had, when it comes their time to do something, they wanted to do Swamp Thing. But at least you get to see David Hess and versus and Nicholas Worth versus a giant swamp monster. And Wes could have said that swamp was so acidic and nasty when they filmed in it that the suit started dissolving. Plus it did give us it was did give us the second chance thing that led to the amazing run by Alan Moore and Stephen Bissett. So, hey, it wasn't all bad. I know a lot of people like it, but Return to the Swamp Thing is better. Oh, Gloria, John Cassavetes. God, she is so freaking good in this. The story's so good that leaving Leon the professional rips it off. Perfect as a badass. Yeah, she is really, yeah, she's a tough, I don't know, 40s, like, noir. This, this is totally bad. Come on! 
on. You got your ass beat by a girl? Where's your balls, Charlie? You little punk! I love this movie. And moving on. Ah, the final conflict. Omen, good. Omen Part 2, it was okay, not the best, but I like it. This is a movie that Scott screwed because there really was two movies put into one. It was supposed to be, the first half was supposed to end with the... them killing the babies, and the second part was supposed to begin with uh, the Christ child being born and up to the final battle. But it's Sam Neill. He was great in his role, which we would love to see. I would have loved to have seen him in more of the movie. He's good. Well, Sam Neill, Sam Neill's almost always good. But because he didn't get four films like he wanted, the ending of this movie is severely compromised. It's confusing after all the setup. All you get is him getting stabbed in the back by one of the daggers. Then, boop, okay, movie over. Oh, the return of Captain Invincible, the musical written by Richard O'Brien that not too many people know about. It's not as bad as you think. I mean, it's got Christopher Lee singing Richard O'Brien tracks, so how can it be bad? This is about a superhero that was considered to be a deadly weapon, so the country uh, basically told him got him blacklisted and made him not use his powers and became an alcoholic. So he has to come back to fight his arch nemesis. (laughs) 
When you can just listen to the tunes, you can tell that it was all Richard O'Brien's writing style. But it is was bizarre to see. I wanted to see just bad. I kept seeing trailers, but it never did come there. And this is one of me. This is one of my favorite Australian bad men who directed this, and that's the one, the only Felipe Mori. Yeah, pick your poison. Independently wealthy. 
I refuse to let you go. I could talk about how much I hate this movie, but I'd rather sing Motown songs. Out the bag, baby. This is sanctimonious bullshit, the movie. <laughs> Sorry if there's yuppies out there that like this. Ooh, and I another R-rated movie. The sequel that we didn't know was a sequel because we didn't get the first film until after the sequel. The one, the only, The Road Warrior. If you want cars smashed up in beautiful, awesome ways, you go to George Miller and the Mad Max movies. The gasoline. And this one there is the Mad Max 2 trailer, not the Road Warrior. As a matter of fact, any print that you get on Blu-ray nowadays has Mad Max 2 as the title and not the Road Warrior. Many great things. George Miller, man, this this is a pure trade classic. One of the best of the eighties. One of the best of all exploitation, and one of the best twisted metal films of all time. And that whole scene right there, the final truck chasing battle. Jesus. That's bad. You know you're the man when you go to the next movies after this, and you have to top your own damn self. Mad Max 2. And that's it, folks. Well, that was a... Decent view of eightiesness. Most of this stuff I've seen on uh, VHS because it's still kind of expensive to 
go to the movies. And I went to the movies if they something I really want to see. That was more like a selection of above ground. I've got a trailer compilation of the horror films of the 80s, which will let me go into the below ground and under the radar. But if I get enough positive response to this, I'll do that. And again, thank you guys for listening, and I'm sorry about all of the bullshit that with me being sick and all that, that called it to slow down. And thank you for listening to my show throughout the years. Just thank you. And with that, the movie's turned off. The light's turned on. And I'm looking at the control board. And it's time to say goodbye. So goodbye, farewell, thank you for listening. See you next time. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over.